You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. So today's episode is a fun one as it combines two of our favorite topics, food and books. We are chatting all about cookbooks today. We're sharing some of our favorites, how we use them, and give some overall good cookbook recommendations for you, no matter what your cooking or eating style. So first off, in this Pinterest online recipe age, what do you like about still having a physical cookbook and how do you mostly use them? Oh, okay. I feel like cooking for me is just this tangible expression of creativity and love. And it just Mm. feels right for there to be a physical representation of that and to hold an actual book in my hand. So that just feels right in a fundamental way. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, when I get a new cookbook, I read it like a novel. I start at the beginning. I read the table of contents. I I look at every recipe. I might not read every single step, but I really will look at the ingredients. I'll read that introduction Mm -hmm. that they wrote about it, and I will just so enjoyable. One of my favorite things to receive for Christmas is a cookbook because I love sitting by the Christmas tree amidst all the um, Christmas, you know, whatnot all around and just and reading a new cookbook and getting excited about the recipes. So there's that. I love the beautiful photos Um, compared to, you know, like you said, Pinterest and online recipes cannot stand annoying ads. It seems like every food blog has the annoying pop-up videos and Mm pop-up ads, and I just cannot stand it. And so Mm -hmm. just the the peacefulness of a book with none of that is is so nice. Um, And the last thing, I just love to having cookbooks with those love-worn and spattered pages where it's like, yes, I have made this so many times where it falls open to that recipe. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. There is something very elemental about it because you're dealing with food Mm -hmm. and the senses. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a whole sensory experience to have the cookbook, the physical book. I really love them too, because you don't have the whole digital page staying open Mm, thing. Even Like when you're frantically stabbing at your phone with your flower covered hands to try to like (laughs) scroll in the recipe, it drives me nuts. Um, Yeah. And there's something about, it's especially like flip throughable, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to have that physical to be able to go back and forth. Um, I especially love like a memoir style cookbook where there's like stories of their life and then maybe a recipe that goes along with, you know, a memory of their favorite person or whatever it might be. And I just like, I read them that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely love ones that I have like a few favorites out of so if I've like made a few you know it it gets like a place of honor on my shelf if I have more than one favorite recipe from there um and then I just like how I use them too when I'm feeling kind of the cooking energy you know it just kind of comes in spurts Mm -hmm. I try to choose maybe one or one new or more complicated recipe a week to try Mm -hmm. or maybe something on the weekend, if I have extra time for some baking or something mm-hmm. like that, that's that's when it's nice to just kind of flip through or have the girls yeah. even look with me like, hey, what would be fun to make? And that's just not the same digitally. Yes, agree. So, 
Okay, so let's go back and forth and maybe each share our top three or so favorite cookbooks. Okay, oh my gosh, this was so hard. So (laughs) I'm going to share three, but know that there are several more I could share and maybe we can pop those on Instagram or something. But I guess my criteria for this, like you mentioned, I do think I, I have... I have many cookbooks. I do try to be very thoughtful about them, but I still have cookbooks that have a place on my shelf, but I don't necessarily cook from them a lot, you know? So Mm -hmm. I really was trying to pick cookbooks that I've made several recipes out of and I really turned to. So try, try it. Exactly. So the first one I'm going to share, I brought, I brought them with me. So I'm showing, I'm showing them to you in our video chat. I didn't stack mine up here. Is the Joy the Baker cookbook. She has Mm. at least two cookbooks, but this is her very first one. I followed her as a food blogger for years before she came out with her first cookbook. And just having that personal connection to someone, to those food bloggers within they come out with a cookbook always just feels significant. Um, This cookbook has cookies, cakes, bars, even even a couple of savory, but just like delicious things. I love this cookbook because flipping through it just makes me feel inspired to make something sweet and delicious. And there are just mm-hmm. like, I want to try every single recipe. I'm just like, oh, I got to figure out a time I can make that and make that. Um, I love that the recipes are approachable. They are not fussy, but I feel like any one of them you would be proud to serve to guests or like proud to bring it over to a friend's house if you were tasked with dessert. I have cooked birthday cakes out of this. Um, It just feels like a really great resource. So it, it definitely has a place of honor. Okay. I love it. Um, My probably number one most used favorite cookbook right now is the Magnolia table cookbook Mm. from Joanna. You've mentioned that one before, so it's still up there. It is. Yeah, I I would say a recipe from there, especially in the cooler weather mm-hmm. here when we're cooking more, a recipe probably a week wow. is in our regular wow. rotation, either for dinner or like a breakfast thing mm-hmm. or a dessert. It's again, very approachable, mm-hmm. like you said about the other one. She It's very like everyday ingredients, yes. nothing, yep. nothing fussy, mm-hmm. um, very much like how she cooks for her family, mm-hmm. which I like, but then she just, ele- you know, it's, it's what we all love about Johanna yeah. Gaines, right? It's like the regular girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then she takes everything to like a next level of style mm-hmm. and, you know, grace. I don't know. She just manages to do that. And makes so, you feel like you are empowered to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just like a quick little story about, you know, whatever, like this is Chip's favorite Mm. when he's done working in the yard or whatever. Um, But very realistic. She'll even say things like, just so you know, if your kids, this will be too spicy for your kids, take it down a notch Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And I will say her second one is not as good. What was that called? The volume, the volume two. Just volume Uh, two. It's just Magnolia Table volume two, I think. Okay. Okay. the first one is I cook a lot more out of. Mm. I think she got a little bit fancier uh, with volume gotcha. two. So if you are in a fancier mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. but just so you know, I'm not just a complete blind Joanna Gaines okay. fan. The first one is really, really good. Okay. All right. That is one that I do not have. So I might need to add that to my collection. Okay. My second mm-hmm. one, I know I've mentioned it. It is this half the sugar, all the love. And this is a newer one for me. It is a newer cookbook, maybe out even in the last year or so. Um, I heard about it on a podcast. I got it from the library and I just loved the look of it so much. I thought I have got to own that. So 
It includes um, breakfast, snacks, dinner, and dessert. I think something that I love so much, I think I love cooking food and eating food that is delicious, but then at the same time that I feel like is is pretty good for me or like not terrible for me. I get a lot of satisfaction from that. And I feel like this is a cookbook all about that. Um, Basically all the recipes use um, things like dates or pears or sweet potatoes, um, things like that to cut down the amount of added sugar. But so far the recipes that I've made, they are still all perfect, like adequately sweet enough for me. And I think end up having like a deeper richness, um, to the the recipes. Um, so anyway, I just really love it. There is also a variety of cuisines represented throughout the book, but again, everything feels really pretty approachable. Um, and there's really great photography, which is another, like has to have yes. great photography for me has to be pretty. I will say um, for some of the recipes, I think because sometimes that you are using things like dates to sweeten recipes there, I wouldn't say the recipes are fussy, but there can kind of be an extra step. Like first you need to soak the dates in hot water and then use your food processor to like puree them. And so mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like, okay, I'm kind of using a lot of dishes. And for some mm-hmm. of the ones I've made a couple of times, I've been trying to like reduce that. It's like, well, could I just mix it all up in the food processor afterwards? Things like that. So I yeah. will give that little caveat, but really overall, um, there is a recipe in here for sweet potato brownies that is so good. It was Chris's request. That sounds like really rich. It was so rich and just like yeah. fudgy. Anyway, so I'm having, Yum. I'm really enjoying cooking my way through this book. All right. My second one that I have loved for a very long time is Bread and Wine, mm-hmm. A Love Letter to Life Around the Table by Shauna Nequist. And I love, Shauna Nequist is like a writing mentor for mm-hmm. me. She doesn't even know it, but she really, she is the reason I started a blog. She's the reason I do a lot of that I ever wrote a book, like she just really inspires me anyways. And so she's a great memoirist. Um, Most of her books are that way. And this is, but she's also really in love with food and entertaining people and just like gathering people in a non-fussy way to just feed them and nourish them. And this book is all about that. So each chapter is a different like story of her life and how living life around the table with her people, you know, has impacted her in some way. And then there will be a recipe like, her friend Anne's enchiladas that she always mm-hmm. brings when someone has a baby and mm-hmm. like a story of how she was like loved when she had her babies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just so she's such a great writer, such a great storyteller. And then the recipes are just really good. And she's very um, encouraging in the book about like, Hey, these are some things you can have on hand in your pantry mm-hmm. to be able to like put out for people. Mm-hmm. These are, this is a way to elevate a store-bought, you know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like just a lot of practical tips in there too. So I just really love that at ways to like break down the barriers to hosting people mm-hmm. and having people in your home. Mm-hmm. Something I am missing a ton right now, yes. actually, just like the ability to do that without it being a big deal. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, highly recommend that one. Okay. So my last one, and this is not the typical cookbook, but I use it so much. I felt like I had to include it. It is my little recipe binder. And Kelsey's own. I have talked about this on the podcast before, but basically what this is, and I will make sure to do a little Instagram stories tour. Um, this is a little half sheet size 
binder. And inside I have recipes that are either printed out from food blogs um, that I love that are torn from magazines like clipped from magazines, or also lots of recipes that are the ones that my mom made when I was growing up that I still wanted to have in my repertoire. So I have little half sheet size page protectors that I have my recipes in. So when I'm going to make a recipe, I'll just usually take it out of the binder and then have it on the countertop. It's in its little page protector. So it wipes clean Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. is easily reusable. And I, I just, I love this so much because as I mentioned, I, I hate to cook like from the actual online recipe, but I do use a lot of food blogs. Like I get a lot of inspiration and recipe ideas from those. And so what I will do is I have a Word document already set up as a template um, because that's how I roll. It makes me very happy. (laughs) It's already set up as the, you know, the landscape version. So I will just like copy the text from, from a food blog and then paste it into there, format it the way I want to, and then print it out, pop it in a page protector and pop it in my binder. So, so good. Okay. I have questions. I've asked these before, but you have to link to the exact same binder you use because I have tried multiple binders and they either feel like too clunky Mm. or they don't have sturdy rings. And I know that this is your tried and true one. So I just want to go with it. Okay. I will link to it. I will have to figure out what brand this is. Oh, actually I see on the back, it says it's a Staples brand, but I will find it and I will link to it in the show notes because it is, it's very sturdy. um, And so it holds up over time, but also the rings are the kind where it's like rounded on one side, but then straight on the other, you know, and that's good for everything laying flat. So yes, I will link to this exact model. I have tried a big version of this, like an eight and a half by 11. Too unwieldy. And I have tried a small one and it's, but I think I got too thick of a binder mm-hmm. still and I don't have the word document. Right. And I need to, I need to get on Kelsey's level. <laughs> you need the whole to make system. You need the yeah, whole yeah. system. But if you can get there, I will just say it is very enjoyable and functional. Yeah. Yes. You have been singing the praises of this recipe binder for <laughs> quite a while. Been. I have been. <laughs> I aspire. I aspire to it. Okay. Another one that I love that I actually have not cooked from in a while, but I've realized it's because I've internalized some of her mm-hmm. recipes, um, is Dinner, A Love Story oh, by Jenny I'm so Rosenstra- glad you mentioned that one. Struck. Um, she's another food blogger with that. She has a couple of cookbooks out now too, but this one is lovely. And I think talks about um, some of those same things that I, she has a similar approach to like Shauna Nyquist mm-hmm. and like the casualness of yes. how cooking for people can be. It's like and the casualness, like, but also that it's sacred, but in this everyday yeah. way, like, you know, yeah. she, she helps you feel like putting dinner on the table is this incredible thing that you're doing. And yeah. I love that. To really value that, but then also not freak out yes. about it. Yes. I like people that write about it like that. So she just, I think it's really interesting too, because she talks about the evolution of like being, you know, newly married Mm -hmm. to like a mom to young kids Mm -hmm. and like what to worry about and what not Mm -hmm. to with kids. Mm And again, a really beautiful cookbook. So that's, that's a favorite. Um, 
I do not own that, but I have checked it out and I have gifted that one and I probably need probably need to buy it. Yeah. Um, reference yeah. our last episode where Kelsey explains how I'm an underbuyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the last thing I want to mention is actually not a cookbook, but it is cookbook adjacent and that is a cookbook <laughs> stand. And I just felt that I needed to mention yes. that because if you are someone who loves cookbooks and are cooking from cookbooks, Um, I only got one of these recently, so I just want to make sure that if there's anyone out there that doesn't have a cookbook stand, know that this is a thing. Mine is Mm -hmm. like a little wooden thing that folds up flat, but then I can open it up, put the cookbook down, and then it has like a little plastic or plexiglass um, uh, protector that lays over the cookbook, keeps it open, and then also protects it from splashes and... That is genius. It Mine is. does not have a protector, Ooh. and I feel like that would be lovely. Yes, it is. So, okay, good to know. Um, okay, so nothing is worse than buying a cookbook mm-hmm. and really not liking anything in mm-hmm. it um, and not being motivated to cook from it. So, any tips to maybe vet a cookbook before you buy it or be able to tell quickly if it's for you? Yes. Okay, number one tip get cookbooks from the library. Yes, I learned this from you. I love this so much because as you said, a cookbook and sometimes it's it's an investment and it can feel like a real bummer if you don't enjoy it. And so mm-hmm. get them from the library. It's so enjoyable to browse through them if you love cookbooks in the way that we've talked about. Keep it around for two or three weeks. See what you really make out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that is definitely my number one tip. Also, when I am looking through a new cookbook that I'm considering or just maybe wanting to be inspired by, like I've mentioned before, it just, it can't be too fussy. It needs to be everyday ingredients that I can Mm -hmm. get at Trader Joe's. It can't have, you know, first make this complicated sauce and then make this complicated part. And then four hours later, I mean... I am yeah. I'm cooking for a family. I'm cooking for selective kids. And so, you know, it also recipes that could kind of be deconstructed or like, okay, well, they'll kind of eat this part, but it's still then not too much effort if I'm making the whole version for me and Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't aspire to be a restaurant chef. I just but I want to mm-hmm. be a great home cook. So recipes yeah. that make me feel that way. Um, yeah. Also for me, a couple of other things, it's got to be vegetarian friendly because we, Mm -hmm. we are vegetarian. And so if it's too meat heavy, you know, there are sometimes, uh, there definitely are sometimes recipes with meat that are easily modified to be vegetarian, but if it's just super meat heavy, it's kind of like, ah, I'm not, I'm not feeling as inspired. Yeah. Um, and then finally it's got to have great photography. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, For me, a really quick way for me to tell whether it's at the library or just in a store Mm -hmm. or whatever, or even on Amazon, you can look at this. It's just to look through the table of contents. Oh, great one. Yep. If it's mostly like... I don't know. For instance, mostly pies. I'm not a huge pie baker. You know what I mean? You only need like one per cookbook. (laughs) Yeah. So things, you know, kind of what the bulk of it is Mm -hmm. really helps me. Um, And then, yes, I learned that tip from you about checking them out from the library. I don't know why I thought that like wasn't... I, it never dawned on right. me, literally, yeah. that I could get books, cookbooks at the yeah. library. It felt like something that, like, your grandma just has right. on a shelf. Right. And you, like, you need to own cookbooks or not use them right. at all. Like, <laughs> I, I never thought of it. It also is really fun because when I... 
I find that if I check them out from the library, I'm motivated to really dig into right. them because they have to go back. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let me really try, yeah. you know, two or three here and see if I like this and then invest in mm-hmm. it, which is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think too, like so many, basically anybody who has a book now has some sort of online presence mm-hmm. and are probably offering up, especially if it's a cookbook, mm-hmm. they're probably online offering recipes Mm -hmm. you know they kind of get you in the door that way Mm -hmm. so make a few of their online recipes for free and see if you want to make them again Mm -hmm. or thought it was delicious and then maybe support them by investing in their book yeah I love that so how do you store your cookbooks okay mine is very straightforward I have a little corner shelf in my kitchen and when we were decorating our house, first moved in, I literally Googled corner shelf and this popped up. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen quite another one like it, but it just fits right in a corner and has shelves. And that is where my cookbooks live. I will say it's not, it's maybe not completely ideal because some of the shelves are like a little too short. So my taller ones have to go at the top. Um mm but it's fine. They've lived there for years. But another important thing that is part of my storage is these bookends and they are like they're metal and flat, but they're utensils. So a fork, spoon, and a knife. Oh, cute. And my mother-in-law got them for me, I think just last year. And anyway, it was just the perfect thing. And I just love them so much. I'll try to find them. I think they're from Etsy and link to them in the That's show notes. super cute. Um, okay, so I have a couple places. I have my favorite, most beautiful, most grabbed for mm-hmm. ones go in my open shelving mm-hmm. in my kitchen. So I have like open shelving next to my cabinets and I have a stack of maybe five or six that look pretty on a shelf and I stack them up horizontally okay. with the spines out. And I just think that that yeah. is cute. Like right now they have a tiny little pumpkin mm-hmm. on top of them. So it's functional decor. And then the rest of them that are ugly <laughs> or, you know, maybe just ones that I don't reach for as much or my recipe binder, which is falling apart, <laughs> is like in the pantry okay. put away and just like on a shelf when you first walk in gotcha. the pantry. So Okay. I'm curious, um, have you done a recent like taking inventory and getting rid of cookbooks that you like, are there cookbooks that you're holding on to like for, you know, but you don't actually use, but you just can't let go Um, of it. I think I was pretty ruthless when we moved. So that was like three years ago now, but I feel like I was pretty ruthless about getting rid of cookbooks that I was not using Mm -hmm. because I laughed because I looked through my cookbooks quickly when I, um, when I was like, preparing for this episode uh-huh. and there is one that I could not get rid of it is the most midwesty oh. of midwest <laughs> things it's a book of casseroles yes, I was like does it have like the tater tot casserole <laughs> totally it has uh, but there's a couple of really good ones from there like there's like a swiss artichoke chicken one mm-hmm. that I make from there mm-hmm. and it was definitely like a wedding present yeah. from like an aunt yeah. or something yeah. you know and I just I was like this is not really even how I cook anymore but there's a couple in here and it's just like so Wisconsin-y yes. that I had to keep it. Yes. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty ruthless about getting rid of ones that I don't. Yeah, that I yeah. don't really cook from or enjoy. So, mentioning that, I have to mention one one other cookbook that just has such a special place in my heart, and I I don't have it displayed just because of the condition that it is in. But on my wedding day, my aunt gifted me the a cookbook. I think it's a Better Homes and Garden cookbook. I'll I'll have to check, but like a classic 
1950s cookbook that belonged to Mm -hmm. my grandmother, to my dad's mom. And it is just something that I treasure, you know, like thinking about. Is it red? It is red. Yeah, I know which one you're talking. I think my mom had that one too, yeah. like passed And down. so just mm-hmm. seeing, there, there's not a lot of notation in the cookbook, but a couple of places that, oh, I just um, value that so much, seeing any yeah. trace of her and how she used that cookbook. And I just love that idea of having, I, I love those, those like functional heirlooms, you know, that yeah. someone really yeah. used like on an everyday basis and that then I am able to have in my home either displayed or actually use myself. So anyway, that one also has a very yeah, special place sweet. in my heart. I love that. Okay. So do you have any cookbooks on your wish list currently or maybe some favorites that you like to gift to others? Oh, yes. So Although I don't own it myself, I have gifted that dinner, a love story cookbook, um, especially for weddings. I just feel like that seems mm-hmm. like a very nice, That's nice cute. gift. Um, and then I guess a few that are on my wish list. Another one, Cravings by Chrissy Teigen. Oh, I've heard that that's good. This cookbook actually reminds me of you so much. And I think that you would just love it because just her love of food and I think cooking for people and all the recipe, like great photography and just the recipes are just like delicious and approachable and yet also a little inventive, like with, with something new about them. Um, that's one that I've got, I think she has two out actually. And I've gotten both from the library and thought, okay, Mm -hmm. I might need to buy this, but I could also see gifting it. Um, okay. There is a new cookbook that is not out yet, but that is by Jenny of Dinner, A Love Story that is coming out in 2021. It is going to be called Weekday Vegetarians. So I'm so excited about this. Perfect. I think over time, she and her family, just out of concern for the environment, things like that, they have been incorporating more vegetarian meals. And so Mm -hmm. I think the approach of the book is like, you know, that some people take this approach, well, we'll eat vegetarian on Mondays. And this is kind of like eating vegetarian, you know, not all the time, but here's recipes that if you want to incorporate more plant-based diet, yeah, more plant-based Like food. everyday stuff. Exactly. Because do you find this, riddle me this, mm-hmm. I too am actually, I'm putting this out into the universe mm-hmm. that I too am considering going mostly vegetarian oh, right now, actually, for a multitude of reasons, mm-hmm. but well, maybe we can do a whole episode on that. But I find that sometimes vegetarian food is also trying to be fancy. Mm-hmm. It can feel way too fussy. And I was actually just yeah. talking to a friend about this and actually just lent her several of my cookbooks because she, same thing, wanting to incorporate more plant-based yeah. foods and meals. And I think it can just feel like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to cook. And like, yes. And if you look online, it's almost like food blogs are trying to prove to you how fancy and how elevated it can be. Yes, Yes. that it can be. And it's just like, doesn't have to be that at all. So that actually would be a whole great episode because I think it's like about taking it like going really simple and then building from there but also finding some great resources that show you like look this pasta dish and this casserole and you're like oh I sort of wouldn't even miss the meat in that like I just wouldn't even think about it so totally yeah so anyway that that one put that one on your list I feel like that's gonna be a perfect okay yeah that sounds perfect oh and then I'll mention one other one a cookbook 
that I want to own but that does not exist is a cookbook from one of my favorite food bloggers, Shutterbean. I have been following oh, yeah. her food blog Why for years. Why has she not written a cookbook I yet? don't know. And she takes amazing photography. She does. Um, and something that she does, and I need to pitch her this cookbook idea, but she often shows her meal prep that she does on the weekends. Yeah. Just, you know, she makes a tuna salad. She roasts some vegetables. She preps like salad lettuce and does all these things so she can easily pull meals together for her family. So I want her to make a, like a meal prep cookbook. Because yes. I don't know if I've ever seen a cookbook like with that that yeah. approach before. And I love that. I feel like that works great for families. And anyway, so yeah. I'm putting out into the universe that I want Tracy, Tracy Benjamin of Shutterbean to write mm -hmm. a cookbook. And she has the gorgeous hand lettering mm. now. She could add that oh, in. Yes. Maybe she's working on it. Maybe there's a contract in the I works. Feel like, I don't know. But I, I feel like there must be. But anyway, that is a cookbook <laughs> that I want to read and own. All right. I love it. Okay. So mine are, I, this is one where I'm using my own trick of making things from a food blogger. So there is a, an Instagram follow. She's actually local. Um, she has a food blog, made it, ate it, loved it. Ooh. And she has a big family and it's very approachable, very not necessarily healthy, mm -hmm. but like the cinnamon rolls you make for Christmas mm. and like the breakfast casserole and like the quick pan enchiladas but again just taking it to that little bit next level like oh that's different than just ground beef tacos mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. um so she I have made so much stuff from her and it's already become my favorite so I just really mm -hmm. need to go ahead and order her cookbook okay. the other thing that I really like about it you can follow her on Instagram I think she's just at made it ate it, loved it. Um, the other thing I really like about her cookbook is it has QR codes. So every oh. single recipe, you can scan a QR code and go watch a video of her like putting it together quickly. Wow. Not um, like a full 30 minute, you know, right. Ina Garten style, but just like a, like a quick like Instagram reels almost gotcha. of her doing that recipe. So that I think really that's kind of cool. And I think she's pretty much self-published mm -hmm. and like ships them all out mm. herself. So I'm like, I really need to, I'll support, to that. support that. I love mm -hmm. that. Um, another one that I have gifted before, especially to sassy friends, <laughs> is Thug Kitchen Eat Like You Give an F. <laughs> and I believe it's vegetarian because I've yes. given it to my or, mostly vegetarian friends. Or vegan, I think. It yeah, is, it might even be vegan. Yep. But it's hilarious. It's very inappropriate, but very hilarious. Like the names of the recipes often have swearing in them. And it's just really funny and but also really good. I've made some stuff from it and I loved gifting that one. And then one that I just recently got for my girls because we're going to do we're doing a whole human body unit right now in our homeschool. And then the week before things like leading up to Thanksgiving, we're going to have a cooking class, <gasps> like a nutrition ah! based and kind of like we they love like food shows like chopped yeah. or some of the you know food mm -hmm. challenges so i'm gonna find a way to incorporate that but i got i found a cookbook called cooking class oh cute and it's spiral bound and it's got like eight lessons in it that they kind of work through oh. for like basic kitchen skills yeah. and then i got some um kid friendly knives like the nylon yeah knives or whatever and really going to get into the kitchen with them they help sometimes but mm -hmm. i don't have the ton of patience for right. it but i feel like if i taught them a few more things yeah. they're getting to the age where they could be legit helpful so i love that we're gonna do that yeah awesome all right i think that's it so many cookbook oh recommendations my gosh. i love talking about cookbooks we could go on yes okay so what are you obsessed with 
besides cookbooks? Yes. Okay. I don't think I've mentioned this before. It is another snack. Um, it is the perfect bars. Have I talked about these before? Mm-mm. Okay. I know I've mentioned I don't think Lara so. bars and that was, yes. that was a recent obsession. Okay. So perfect bars are another like little snack bar. They're refrigerated. So you find them in the refrigerated section of the grocery store. Okay. And I think not all grocery stores will carry them, but I think then you also, they can become unrefrigerated, like just eat them within a week or something. I don't quite know how it works. <laughs> I, okay. I just keep them refrigerated. <laughs> But clearly it has less preservatives, right? If at some point it needs to be refrigerated. (laughs) I think so. Good point. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it is like like not huge, but feels substantial. I love like the chocolate, the peanut butter chocolate flavor, or there's like a dark chocolate walnut brownie, like, you know, those delicious flavors. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, it doesn't have the, like, it doesn't have like added protein powder and stuff. Like, so it doesn't have that like weird, you know, taste aftertaste um they're sweetened with honey so it almost does have that really delicious like peanut butter honey kind of taste but i don't find Mm -hmm. them to be overly sweet they don't taste weird um i don't know it's just like a great little snack so i love having those on hand so that has sometimes been my 2 3 p.m little treat snack to myself good you can tell you're a busy mama the bars are (laughs) are appearing regularly in obsessions yes I love too that like the not tasting weird is actually a real good endorsement for those bars yes. because we will eat a lot of bars that taste a little bit yeah. weird. Yeah. Like when you're on the go. So right. it's good that it doesn't taste yes. weird. I would recommend <laughs> good this one. one. Okay. This one is, I have been, this is like dual obsessions okay. or obsession within an obsession. I have just been really obsessed for some reason with, it's the overbuyer in me probably, <laughs> but with like, getting Christmas shopping done early. Ooh, love that. Like really obsessed with it. Where usually I'm like, no, I just want to savor each Mm -hmm. holiday at a time. And then like after Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. I'll really get started. I'm like almost done with the girls already. I am just feeling, and I I do think there's a bit of like a marketing push happening earlier because Mm of market uncertainty. And I think people are kind of, you know, Amazon Prime moved their Prime days forward and stuff like that. So it definitely has worked on me. (laughs) I am a marketing sucker, but I feel good about it because I now that I've started early, I feel like I can really watch for sales and stuff. But anyways, so part of that is I've already bought like our Christmas puzzle that we're going to be doing at the table. Mm -hmm. And I want to buy another one because again, overbuyer, buy everything in twos, but is on Amazon. It is gallison brand okay. and it's michael storing's paintings okay. it's a new york city Ooh. he has like a whole line of new york city um they're really like whimsical kind of watercolor uh paintings and then they're the puzzles out of that obviously mm-hmm. and they are just the cutest thing and i was like i you remember there was a puzzle shortage do you remember oh this oh my gosh no i didn't know that was one of the shortages Yes. Holy cow. Like when COVID hit, yeah. you couldn't get puzzles anywhere. I did not. I mean, it makes sense, but I had not heard that. That is crazy. Yes. A legit puzzle so- shortage. So when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. I am going to have my new Christmas I puzzle. I will have my Christmas so, puzzle. I will I will show it on stories and we can link to everything, obviously. But I, it's so adorable and I feel very good that I have my Christmas puzzle. Aww, I, lo- unlocked I love for the that. Year. I love that. Okay, do you have any neighborhood news Okay, for us? I do have some neighborhood news. So we are recording this before Halloween. So this is the story of a spooky package delivery. 
Oh, let, dun, dun, dun. let me tell you what happened. So I checked our mailbox and we had the key th- to open the big like package door and there was a package in there, but it was not to us. It was to another neighbor on the street. So I was like, okay, I've okay. got to take this down to them. And I was on a walk with Maeve. So just me and Maeve. So I walked her stroller down there and ended up being the house on the street that is the most decorated for Halloween. Like, okay, they, they have been decorating for Halloween for several years, but I feel like they've been adding things like every year. And okay. this year, I mean, it's really like from the street all the way to the door. It is decorated. Okay. Um, it was, it was in the middle of the day, but you know what a weenie I am. <laughs> So I, <laughs> you had to run past some zombies so I take, or what? I take this little package. It's just like, as I'm walking up, like, I feel like I'm starting to look around and there's like just things that suddenly I'm like, oh, and there's something right there. Oh, there's something right there. <laughs> and they also had like a little, a little gate kind of like at their front porch and it had, it had an arch and has like ghosts like hanging down and also you you don't know what's gonna move you know like you don't know if something's animatronic and so I was just getting kind of (laughs) nervous so I'm just like looking all around like waiting for something to jump out at me and also you know you never know if people have like a a camera and so yeah they see me coming up to the door so anyway I just kind of like leaned over I didn't then I didn't know if I wanted to open up that little gate or not and go all the way to their door so I ended up just like (laughs) laying down the package on the other side of the fence and kind of like (laughs) hightailing it out of there (laughs) you just like toss it from the sidewalk (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um it was kind of scary, but I did my neighborly duty. So you did it. That's so funny. Yeah. Sometimes it is a little bit like that. You've made your porch like a little unapproachable. Right. Like I feel a little nervous about what is going like, to what's jump out happen? at me. That's so funny. Well, my only piece of neighborhood news is that is it it is legit chilly. Oh my out gosh! Today it feels so like, amazing. We are below seventy yep. Yep. for a high for yep. the first time since last winter I'm gonna say February mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. January maybe and so we are really feeling that first chill it's gonna warm back up again this week but a cool front came in and I am wearing an actual hoodie yeah I'm wearing long and sleeves. it's actually warranted feels so good <laughs> it does it just really feels good like today was the first day I could sit out in the sun and not be hot Ugh. which is saying something yes and we we need we need some good weather right now. So we sure do. Goes a long I way. The, I need the crisp. Yep. We need some hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. We need some some cozy nights. Yeah. So. We're have we're having an instant pot wild rice soup. I I had been already planning like okay when the first chilly day comes along this is exactly what I'm gonna make and so yes all all of my fall food dreams coming true. I love it. I love it. Okay, I think that's all we have. We would love to know what cookbooks you're loving. We will link to all these and probably do some Instagram stories about all the ones we forgot about. But thank you so much for listening. You can find us between shows on Instagram. We are Hi Girls Next Door. You can find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. And as always, you can send us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com and find the show notes for this episode and all of our episodes at girlnextdoorpodcast.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Okay. Um, okay. Another one that is top top three for sure for me. Nope. 
edit that out. That was a Kelsey. Yeah. I took a Kelsey That's rabbit right. trail That's there. Right. Just way, way right too in. much explaining. Dive right in. Okay. And it is customized with um, just. <laughs> How do I explain a recipe binder? Do you need any more explanation? <laughs> it is recipes I like in a binder. <laughs> and inside are all the recipes that I love to cook. I don't know. <laughs> Your face. You looked at the camera like, I mean, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Okay. Here we go. How do you say that? Rosen I always Strack. say her name wrong. I Rosen do too. Strack, I think. I just think it of looks her like as Rosen Jenny. Scratch, but right. it is not. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm amazed that this works, by the way, all the time. I am too. <laughs> okay. All right.